We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me shortly is Chris Biederman. He covers the 49ers for the Sacramento Bee. And Matt Barrows from The Athletic. He is the 49ers beat writer for The Athletic. Has been covering the team for as long as I can remember and does a great job. And it's a really, really good conversation covering Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey Lance, and the rest of the 49ers, the big 49ers offseason storylines. So we'll chat for a bit and then we'll get into Matt. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. Kittle in Denver territory. Kittle is going to go. Touchdown. Bosa's has got him and a second back inside the 30-yard line. Nick Bosa drops Aaron Rodgers for a 13-yard loss. Dude, it is prime beating the Heat season. It is, I mean, every day it's wake up and it's, how am I going to not sweat my face off today? You know what's funny? It's like I, I moved to Sacramento. I'm a very sweaty person. I, I moved from the South Bay. Um, I, li- I lived right by the 49ers facility in Santa Clara. And I moved to Sacramento in February. And it's just so much hotter here. It's Sacramento is underrated, super hot. But, but I'm having a great time beating the heat because while I didn't have air conditioning and all of those things before, Mm. I have, I have central AC, I have ceiling fans. Like I'm, I feel like I'm winning in this battle against the heat in a way that I haven't before. So you're like the Celtics in game seven right now. Beating the heat. Oh, okay. <laughs> Not That's bad. bad. It took me it's a second. Eastern Conference this, Finals joke in yeah, July. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't. It was never going to land. Yeah, but there's no. <laughs> I don't think there's a Jimmy Butler three in this scenario that we have to worry about late in the game. Um, but no, no it might we, be a Keegan Murray three. Yeah, sorry. Keep this. This is dumb. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. Um, but no. So I, I think I think we're winning. We're we're also winning because I think Matt just dropped a lot of good information on us. Um, in the interview that we just recorded with him, and uh, I'm looking forward to people listening. I think one of the things that stood out to me, and you guys will hear him say it, just <laughs> he said Jimmy Garoppolo is not a 49er for all intents and purposes. 
it doesn't sound like you know he believes and this is sort of goes along with with how i've interpreted how the 49ers are handling the situation and i know all the discussion about trey lance and everything else and and we keep harping on this but like he's jimmy garoppolo one way or another is gone right yes okay yes um despite the fact that the robert turbans of the world are like the niners need him like the team clearly doesn't think so right right so um we talked about that a lot we talked uh, about debo samuel standing and and where things are at there and pretty interesting um pretty interesting answer when you asked him what he's looking for in training camp because it is what he said is a pretty pretty big deal and it's a huge deal <laughs> i do wonder i do wonder um if the 49ers are reg- going to regret how they handled that particular position groups not going to spoil it here but um it'll be fascinating to see so uh, do you have anything it, to add love, before uh, before we get yeah that on? yeah i do I, I love talking to guys like Barrows and, and I don't want to disparage you because this happens with you sometimes too. And with our favorite cast member, Nick Wagner and, and, and anybody I talk to that covers a team on a, on a day-to-day basis, there's sometimes where you guys will say things where I want to be like, hang on, how do you know that? Like <laughs> you're saying something, but you're not saying something like, what do you know? Right. And obviously you go, you, he's, you don't do that because you're not going to get an answer, but it's one of my favorite parts about doing deep dives with guys like Barrows, because there aren't a lot of things that he says that aren't educated, at least in, in, at some angle. Right. Like you say, your source of information is actually talking to people and being plugged in and knowing the parties involved on a personal level. Whereas right. a lot of the things you hear elsewhere are just sort of conjecture. Right. Right. And so that's, yeah. Agents that's and other team executives. And ex- exactly. So it's, it's nice. Yeah. That that's why. And Barrows did some good reporting this week, reporting that Jimmy Garoppolo resumed throwing two to three weeks ago. Um, so we talked to him about that, but um, yeah, I mean, it's Matt Barrows. He's, he's as plugged in as, as anybody. So it was good to have him on. Um, even though he was all the way in 3,000 miles away, at least maybe 4,000 miles. Yeah. <laughs> we're not even sure away. he's in the United States. Yeah. We're not, we're not positive. He's not in, in, in international waters Yeah, in Canada or Iceland or something, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, he was, he was kind enough to join us while he was on vacation with his family. So, uh, enjoy this segment with Matt Barrows and we will talk to you guys again next week. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? 
you need indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Matt Barrows is here. Well, he's not here. He's in somewhere in the Northeast, the Upper Northeast. Um, congratulations on being the, are you the only person in the general vicinity of where you're at? <laughs> I have family members here. I'm not going to give my, I know that you're you're trying to get me to disclose my location, but I'm not going mm. to. Well, what's a Razzi, you know, I, I, had try, I, I try to it. get a little bit of time <laughs> off in the summer. So the impressive thing about you being where you are is that you're, still managing to report pertinent 49ers news, including that Jimmy Garoppolo has resumed throwing for the last two or three weeks. Um, so, you know, based on your reporting and, and what you've heard, you know, could you expound on, on Jimmy Garoppolo's status and maybe what his camp is expecting now that um, he is healthy enough to throw and, and what these next few weeks could look like for him, whether he, you know, comes back for the 49ers or, or to the 49ers or whether his camp is expecting a trade, which it sounds like that's that's the way all all parties are leaning. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that would be ideal for all parties as well. I mean, uh, when he first had the surgery, we heard early July was when he would resume throwing. And then uh, I forget whether it was Kyle Shanahan or John Lynch changed that to late June. And I think it, it ended up being late June. Um, and, and when I say resume throwing, he, he's not, um, you know, uh, throwing 50 yard, um, bombs, you know, it, it's, it's a ramp up, like he never was throwing 50 yard bombs, but, um, it's a ramp up. So, uh, I don't know exactly where he is in that, but he's throwing a football. And, and so I think that means by the time that the 49ers start training camp or thereabouts, he'd be able to pass a physical with them. Does that mean that he's, he's full go? And if he were a starter somewhere could, you know, take the lion's share of, of snaps, probably not at that point, but um, uh, I, that's, that's the next sort of big step, I think in this process, being able to be, be cleared basically so that he could either be traded or, or be cut eventually. And the 49ers wouldn't owe him any money. And um you know, as far as what the offseason holds, I mean, he, he the last time he was in Santa Clara was 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 right after the NFC Championship game. He, he hasn't been. He's not a 49er for all intents and purposes. Practic- practically, he he isn't. Um, he's been working out or, or rehabbing in L.A. and and whatnot. So um, I don't know. Does he does he do we ever see him in a practice? Um, I don't know if I'm, I think there's one team, I think it's the Browns. Um, and if I'm the Browns, I want to do this trade sooner rather than later. If, if, if we're going to do it, um, do it so that he would have a full training camp to at least be exposed to teammates and the offense and everything in between. So that, um, you know, if Deshaun Watson is suspended, um, he would be ready to roll at some point early on. 
how big of a holdup was the shoulder surgery? Like if he was, if he was healthy by early June, is he getting traded to the Panthers instead of Baker Mayfield? Or was that a matter of the Panthers just wanting Baker more than they wanted Garoppolo? Yeah, I, I don't know the answer to that. It, it's a good question. I don't think it ever, um, you know, got underway enough back in, you know, February when the, when the talk started and then they were halted by um, the, the surgery that you can you could say that. I know that um, once the surgery was known, I, I don't think that there was any real interest from Carolina. So that sort of tells me that they were never really leaning that way. Um I, I may be kind of colored by the fact that I, I covered this guy um, and that can go both ways. But I've, I've always thought that if I'm a team, I, I would rather have Jimmy Garoppolo on on my roster than uh, Baker Mayfield for a number of reasons. One, one of which is sort of personality and the type of guy he is and the fact that Cleveland was saying that we want you know, an adult at QB. That's not a great, that's, that's not a great compliment. Um, but he's younger. I, I guess he has a better arm, although I think that that's marginal. So um, that sort of was one of the things I wanted to point out in the story is that all these other quarterbacks who have found homes, a lot of them, I'm not counting Russell Wilson or anybody of that uh, echelon in it. But to me, that that next tier um, I, I would rather have Jimmy Garoppolo over just about all of those guys, maybe a Matt Ryan, if I thought my team was going to, you know, win now, but, um, I'm not sure how old Matt Ryan is, but I looked it up. Uh, George Bush was president when he was drafted. So, I mean, he's been in the league a long time. Um, Garoppolo would be the guy that, that I would want pretty highly among that group. So based on your, your answer to the first question, it sounds like for you are not expecting Jimmy Garoppolo to be a 49er really in any capacity over these next few weeks. And, and if that's true, well, what's your understanding of, of their mindset and how they're approaching it? Because to me, it seems like they're going to be faced with the decision of, you know, do we pick up 10 or $15 million dollars? of Jimmy Garoppolo's salary in a trade just to get say a day three pick back, or are they approaching it? Like, well, we might as well just release him, let him go where he wants. That way we don't have to pay any money. Although it would be at the cost of a day three pick. Like how do they value that day three pick versus that money that they would have to send to in trade? And like, what's your understanding on where things stand from that standpoint? Yeah, I, I don't know the, the answer to that. I mean, I think it really, uh, a, a lot of it depends on what this retired judge is going to rule on this disciplinary hearing. I mean, you've got a Cleveland team that pretty, I mean, they were 11 and five in, in 2020. I mean, that's a good team. Um, and there are all sorts of reasons why, let's say that Deshaun Watson is suspended for 10 games. Um, uh, why Jimmy Garoppolo would be, um, a good ad there. I mean, uh, it's, it's basically, it's, I, I don't want to say it's Kyle Shanahan's system, but it's the Gary Kubiak system, which is the Mike Shanahan system. So um, there's a pretty uh, direct line right there. Um, you know, you don't expect Jimmy Garoppolo to start 17 games, but 10, <laughs> that seems more, that seems more uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's uh, 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 style. So um all those things together, strong running game, good offensive line, good defense. 
Um, it's it's not quite San Francisco uh, by the Great Lakes, but it, it's it's close. I mean, if you're down to kind of this one team, really, that um, you know maybe shopping for a veteran quarterback, that's a pretty good. You know, I'm saying when the the, the pickings are that slim, the Browns are a pretty good spot. So I think that there would be motivation on Jimmy Garoppolo's end to maybe do little something that um, Baker Mayfield did, which is pick up or eat um, or sacrifice a, a certain portion of, of, of the salary. And that's where Don Yee comes in. And I don't know any of that stuff, what they would be willing to do. Um, but again, I, I would think that all parties would be motivated at, you know, whenever this judge uh, makes her ruling. I mean, and it's, it's expected to be at the end of July, which is also the start of training camp. So you've got three motivated parties, you know, in the, in the event of a substantial suspension. So, um, you know, given that, I, I would think that there would at least be discussions. Now, if the Browns are out, I, I don't know what happens. I mean, I, I think they, they have to cut him at some point or, you know, beyond August 30, he's, they're on the hook for, you know, 24 point whatever million dollars. Is that would, so, so I wanted to, to ask about that. Let's say Cleveland's just out. The Seahawks then are the team that kind of comes up. They have the Drew Locke and Geno Smith quarterback battle. Jimmy Garoppolo would be an obvious upgrade for him. Would, would that, sway the 49ers in trying to keep him in the building in some way because they don't want him to go to Seattle? Would they just not care at that point? Are they waiting on an injury elsewhere? What I guess what what happens if it's not Cleveland? Yeah, I mean, um, I don't see any of the other teams making a serious offer for him just because of where they are. I mean, Garoppolo is also going to be a free agent. Um, in um in march so i i just don't see what the motivation for the the, the texans and um the seahawks would be you've you got a really good what's supposed to be a really good quarterback class in 2023 uh you know what you're not using in salary cap this year obviously rolls over to next year um Garoppolo didn't spend the spring with them i mean how soon is he going to get in there, there's all sorts of reasons for them not to do it um, so I would think that both of those teams, um, would just wait it out and it would probably be Seattle that, that snapped them up. Um, now how, how fearful does that make the 49ers? Uh, I, I don't, I don't know. Um, you know, it's, it's not a great Seattle roster, um, not a great offensive line. So, you know, they, they know, I mean, nobody knows Jimmy Garoppolo's weaknesses, more than Kyle Shanahan. So I don't think that that would um, really kind of uh, dictate their behavior on this. That, that's just my guess, but that's, that's my, my sense of it. So you were there during the off-season program and, and on the sidelines. I just want to ask your opinion because you have, you've seen a lot of quarterbacks practice football in, in the spring. Um, I, what do you think of Trey Lance? how his off season went and where sort of the, the trajectory is, is going for him entering his first full season as a starter, most likely. Yeah, I, I thought it was good. I mean, at the beginning of the OTAs, I wrote something like, you know, Trey Lance needs to kind of show people that he's, you know, he's QB one material. He, he needs to make people 
sort of forget about Jimmy Garoppolo. Garoppolo is not going to be there. He's got to uh, make it so that Garoppolo isn't a storyline during that stretch. And, and really, he wasn't. Um, and I thought, you know, Lance looked good on the field. And even more than that, he acted and, and spoke, carried himself like the, the starter. And, and everybody around him spoke about him like, like he was the starter. Um, and I think that that, that was a, a big uh, accomplishment for Trey Lance and, and really for the 49ers. I thought that, you know, you noted this, Chris, um, bringing him in that, the first day of uh, availability that's that's the signal. I mean, you your your starting quarterback speaks on the first day that um, you have an open media session, and that's when Trey Lance spoke, and it, it was it seemed normal. It seemed like oh, this guy has been the starter for years and years. It wasn't it, it wasn't anything awkward about it or forced about it. All of it kind of came about organically, and I thought that was um, a success for Trey Lance and for the 49ers. What'd you make of the whole arm fatigue, arm fitness storyline that's come out over the last couple of weeks? Um, I checked in with someone who would know, and they said um, they didn't think that he had any issues with it. This uh, person said that um, it's not uncommon for a quarterback to go through uh, a mini camp or a training camp and have some arm fatigue afterwards just because you're, you're throwing a lot. Um, the, the word overblown was used. Now, having said that, I mean, I think that they are trying to um, sort of uh, shorten that release, make it, um, make it quicker and, and make it so that it's not as, I don't know what the word is, heavy. Um, he's got a very kind of, you know, heavy motion and, and that probably is um, put, you know, taxing his, his arm. Um, I do know that, you know, coming out of his rookie season, that, that was the big concern about him. He was injured a lot and, and probably more than we know. Um, there was the, the finger injury against the Raiders in that preseason finale. And there was the knee injury against the Cardinals. I think there were, there were some other things that were happening. And so they came out of that season, you know, remember having gone after Lance because Garoppolo couldn't stay healthy at all for a season and drafting Lance, this big guy, he's going to get bigger, um, you know, durable, was durable, you know, his one season at North Dakota State. And they were a little bit disappointed, isn't the word, but, but surprised that as little as he played, he got, he got hurt quite a bit. Uh, so that was, uh, that, that uh, was a, um, a worry for them. Um, and, you know, I think they're willing to kind of slough it off as, um, just an un unlucky rookie year, you know, hitting a guy's helmet on his follow through. That's just, that's just blind, uh, bad luck at that point. But I mean, I think it's something, I mean, obviously it's something to kind of keep an eye on it, Does he get stepped on a lot? I mean, can he just not avoid these little ticky tacky things? Um, because that's, you know, one of the big reasons they went away from Garoppolo. Switching gears a little bit. Um, I want to ask you about your interpretation of, of where things stand with Debo Samuel, because it seemed, you know, right around the draft, Debo made it a very clear point to say he wanted to get traded. The 49ers decide not to trade him. Um, he shows up to the off season program, doesn't participate, but he looks like he's a member of the team and he's participating with his teammates. And <clears throat> he's sort of 
you know, the drop subtle hints on social media that he plans on being a 49er and the 49ers have, have been pretty staunch outwardly in terms of their messaging that they expect Debo to be here long-term. Where do things stand um, based on what you're, you're hearing with Debo Samuel and the 49ers and his representatives in terms of um, getting that new contract done? And is there a chance that this is something that lingers and, and really impacts the team start to training camp coming up here in a few weeks? Um, I don't think so, just because the, the rules are now kind of stacked against a guy who, who holds out in training camp. Um, and there, there have been several more deals that have come through uh, receiver wise. It just seems to kind of make very apparent what what the market is for him. Um, so there doesn't seem to be a lot of wiggle room in that. I mean, I guess the, the wiggle room is the, the, the way that they use him. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, it, it's not a stretch to think that Debo Samuel and his agent think that, OK, this guy's being used in so many different ways. He deserves to be paid more. I think the 49ers are you know, willing to pay him top wide receiver rate. Um, I, I, I don't know. Um, you know, remember. A few years ago, Raheem Mostert, out of the blue, his agent demanded a trade. And then a few weeks later, it was as if it, it never happened. I mean, this, Robbie this, Gold this also happened. That's right. That's right. There, there you go. I mean, th- this is what happens during negotiations. So um, I felt like once the, the draft was over and, um, you know, his, his options were, were closed off, uh, like I said, if you hold out in training camp, that starts to affect your accrual uh, accrual of um, of years. So he, he wants to become um, well. He wants the new contract, but absent that, he would want to become an unrestricted free agent in March. You you hold out of training camp, and all of a sudden that that changes a little bit. So I, I I expect him to be there. Is it day one, day two? I don't know. This is a guy who's who's battled. Team battle, but had uh, issues with the team over his weight uh, in the past. Um, 2020 was not a good year for him. Um, he had that uh, foot injury and then COVID and then this, that, and the other. And he got up, I forget what the weight was, but it was high and he didn't have a great season. Um, he never really was... practiced. Yeah, and I think that's part of it. Yeah. I think that's part of it uh, with him. I mean, he needs conditioning he's a guy that naturally just gets big i mean naturally wants to get up to 230 235 etc they want him 220 and under uh so i mean that'll be kind of interesting to watch i mean what has he been doing this spring where is he on that scale um because if he is around 230 i I don't think that they're going to have him practicing like um you know it's just going to lead to some sort of uh strain that's going to affect the beginning of the season etc etc so i think Fans should be prepared for the inevitable. We're easing him back into practice, that sort of thing. Um, uh, I think that's probably going to be the case for a lot of guys. It feels to me like his role is going to look a lot different this year. Do you think that whether it's because of what he wants or because of his contract or whatever, do you think his his role looks significantly different than it did in the, I should say in the second half of last year when he was averaging whatever it was, seven or eight carries a game? And maybe he looks more like the first half of the year where he was, you know, leading league and receiving through eight weeks. Yeah, I, I would think it's the latter only because he, that was born out of necessity uh, last year. They, they just ran out of running backs. 
Uh, and they've, they've bulked up that group and they used a third round pick on Ty Davis Price. And so, you know, uh, the, the, the best laid plans go awry, but they seem to have bolstered that position enough that they wouldn't, certainly not the, the 10 carries that he was getting towards the end of the season. I, I think it's more, you know, two or three carries. I mean, very kind of selective spots where they, you know, they, they need a, a punch in the arm or he's a decoy um, or something. You know, when, when Debo is back there, everyone in the stadium will know it um, and uh, defenses will, will react. And so um, it's, it's, uh, it's a nice weapon to have, but I don't think that they're going to overuse it like they started to at the end of the year. Remember, those, those playoff games, he came in and out of just about every one of those. Um, you know, he was limping at the end of the Green Bay game. He got hurt at the end of the, the, the half in the, in the Dallas game, um, was knocked down really hard. Uh, I forget when it was in, the, in Los Angeles, but mm-hmm. he, he was beat up by the end of the year. And I think that sort of kind of um, starts to explain why there was such a strong reaction from his side. This is the guy that gave everything uh, to this team, regular season, even more so in the, in the postseason. And all of a sudden, the 49ers, as you would expect when negotiations begin, are playing hardball with him. And um, you can sort of understand why the reaction was what it was. I want to ask you about Nick Bosa, because I thought it was really interesting that John Lynch said, um, I think it was during the draft or at some point during the spring, that they hadn't had any negotiations or really talks about a contract extension with Nick Bosa. And you look... I mean, you know, it, it'll be his fourth year in the league. They picked up his fifth year option. Maybe Bosa's side. I mean, it, it would seem based on what John Lynch said that Bosa's side is content with letting the season ride out and then working on an extension next year. Is is that your interpretation of it? And if so, I mean, th- does that make sense to you? Like, it, does it make more sense for Nick Bosa to try to push back the contract as long as he can, knowing that the cap's going to spike and then he could get, you know, paid a year later, 35, $40 million, whatever that number might be um, way down the line. What just, what do you think of, of where things stand with Nick Bosa right now? Yeah. I, you know, I, I really haven't thought about it. I mean, um, uh, John Lynch to begin the off season kept telling us that they've, you know, carved out space for both of those guys. They have a long-term plan so it, it is a little bit um, strange that they have this long-term plan. Um, they've accounted for, you know, new contracts for Debo Samuel and Nick Bosa, but they haven't started negotiating with, with one of those. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I know that Nick Bosa is, is very comfortable with the organization um, and, uh, you know, trusts the 49ers, but I don't know if it's to the point where he would – just kind of assume that everything gets taken care of in, in February. With his injury history, I, I would want the money now. Um, so I, I don't, I don't really know the answer to that. I, I think it, it's a good question, and I think it's something, um, you know, like I said earlier, if this Garoppolo situation, I mean, the ideal scenario for the 49ers is that it's taken care of by August one. Um, and then all of a sudden you've got $25 million of space to, to use. And so um, I, maybe Bosa kind of thinks that 
that's that's what's going to happen. That it, it, it can happen very quickly. They've gotten a commitment. I mean, um, you know, Lynch and, and Shanahan are pretty straight shooters. I mean, I, I think there probably is trust um, that they will get something done. But um, to answer your question, I, if I'm him, I'd like to know that before the season begins. Yeah. We're recording this July 13th, the 49ers first training camp practice two weeks from today outside of Trey Lance. What's the like top thing you're watching for in camp? I mean, um, Trey Lance is being protected by a line that has, you know, Jake Brendel at center and Daniel Brunsfield at right guard and, um, Aaron Banks at left guard. I mean, that, that to me is, uh, uh, a, a very precarious, potentially precarious situation. And Mike so, McGlinchey um, coming off a pretty substantial leg injury. Yeah, exactly. So you've got um, the, the greatest tackle in an NFL in, in the current uh, NFL landscape. And <laughs> you've got four question marks, and then a quarterback behind them who's a question mark too, because he's so inexperienced. So that that to me is the biggest um, sort of. Uh, um, area of consternation if, if I'm the 49ers. How's that all going to play out? And I think that Brunskill is going to be the guy that they have to beat at right guard. Um, and, you know, it's it went from Brandon Fusco to Mike Person to uh, Daniel Brunskill. It's been their kind of scrimp spot, the spot where they, they save money. Um, and um, I, I don't know how long they can keep getting away with that. So we'll get you out of here on this kind of a big picture question. I think when oh you have some Kyle, I just wanted to note that's the first Brandon Busco reference we've ever had on Thank this you. podcast. So that was that was a great poll. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm on the really really strong. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> I want to so zooming out big picture because like when Jimmy Garoppolo was the team's entrenched starting quarterback, you know, especially after 2019 expectations going into the season were all right this team should if if everything goes right for this team it should be a team that contends um I'm curious do you still view this team this iteration of the 49ers with Trey Lance in year one as a team that should go into the season as uh, or with expectations to contend like what what do you what are you looking for from this team this season in terms of how it's going to define its success in 2022? Yeah, I, I think it, it, it ought to be, um, the motto ought to be, we can accomplish what we did in 2021. Um, remember, this team went through a, a really rough patch in 2021 and then started to pull it together at the end of the season and then um, got on a run. So I, I sort of think that that, I mean, you know, things are going to happen that we can't predict, but um, very kind of in a, in a basic way, I would think that the defense is really good. I think the special teams is going to be a lot better, more consistent. Um, and I think the hope is that while Trey Lance is sort of finding his footing in you know, weeks one through eight, the, the defense and the special teams sort of kind of keep them, you know, it's four and four. Um, you know, heading into, you know, late October, early November. And, and I think that would be fine for this team. Um, you know, a, a team that runs the ball well and plays defense is going to be better at the end of the year anyway, usually. 
Um, and then you would think that Trey Lance would be better at the end of the year as well. So, um, yeah, I, I think that, you know, getting to the NFC championship game ought to be, you know, what they're realistically aiming for. Um, you know, Russell Wilson isn't in the, uh, the division anymore. Um, you know, the Rams um, are, are really good, but, you know, how are they going to react to the success that they had? I mean, they had guys kind of contemplating retirement. Usually when that happens, um, you know, once you start thinking about that, the end is near. So I mean, you, could, you could see them sort of slipping uh, a bit as well. I think it's, um, you know, like I said, uh, playoffs, I think, should be realistic for this team. And Matt Barrows from an undisclosed location in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, no, not the Pacific Northwest, the Northeastern United States. Matt, thanks, man. All right, anytime, guys. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate you. Uh, all right. Talk to you soon.